You're listening to the LMC Radio Network, broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com. The views and opinions expressed by Professor Porterfield do not necessarily reflect the views of the sponsors or their affiliates. Texas, where the stars at night are big and bright, it's the Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, here to tell it like it was and how it is to help school you so no one can fool you, brought to you by the good folks at the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in beautiful Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. So now, without further ado, here's Professor Porterfield. Good evening to you one and all. I am Professor Charles Porterfield, and hoodoo is my business. Welcome once again to the Now You Know show, and we're going to try to make sure that by the end of it, you will know. Well, folks, the rain continues here in Texas unabated. Days and days and days and days of it. And the waters are creeping up and creeping up and creeping up. We already have rather severe flooding in south and south central Texas, and that's just slowly moving northward. I have to tell you that for days before all the rain started, we had multiple days of just heavy clouds and thunder and thunder and thunder and it was like a creeping barrage if you know what a creeping barrage is every day no rain 
but just ominous thunder throughout the entire day. And then finally, down it came. And it has hardly let up for a moment. And those rains are here in northern Texas, in eastern Texas, and of course in southern Texas. So, you know, maybe uh, say a little prayer for your friends in Texas as the waters rise. Meanwhile, though, the waters have not reached the repeater here for the LMC Radio Network, and so we are on the air. Oh, yes, don't you sweat it and don't you fret it. And this evening, we're going to have quite a little show. We're going to be talking about some tender subjects. We're going to listen to some tunes, have a few laughs, and learn a little bit about a few things. But before we do any of that, let's go over right now to the LMC Radio Newsroom, where our own Phil Patchy Fogg is standing by. Take it away, Phil. Good evening. Today is Thursday, June 2nd, the 154th day of 2016. There are 18 days left until summer begins, and 212 days left in the year. Tomorrow will be an auspicious day to cut hair to slow growth, mow to slow growth, harvest, quit smoking, wash wooden floors, buy a car, host a party, write, and kill plant pests. The third through the fourth is a bad time for planting, as seeds planted during these two days will tend to rot in the ground. The third through the fourth will also be poor fishing days, with the best times for fishing being in the morning hours. Today's highlight in history comes to us from this date in 1941, when baseball's iron horse, Lou Gehrig, died in New York of degenerative disease, amniotrotic lateral sclerosis, otherwise known as Lou Gehrig's disease. He was 37 at the time. Also on this date, in 1863, During the Civil War, Union Major General William T. Sherman wrote a letter to his wife, Ellen, in which he commented, Vox Populi Vox Humbug, meaning the voice of the people is the voice of humbug. In 1886, President at the time Grover Cleveland, 49, married Francis Folsom, 21, in the Blue Room of the White House. To date, Cleveland is the only president to marry in the executive mansion. In 1897, Mark Twain, 61 at the time, was quoted by the New York Journal as saying from London that, quote, the reports of my death was great but was an exaggeration, end quote. 
1924, Congress passed and President Calvin Coolidge signed a measure guaranteeing full American citizenship for all Native Americans born within U.S. territorial limits. In 1946, Italy held a referendum which resulted in the Italian monarchy being abolished in favor of a republic. In 1953, the coronation of Queen Elizabeth II took place in London's Westminster Abbey, 16 months after the death of her father, King George VI. In 1966, the U.S. space probe Surveyor 1 landed on the moon and began transmitting detailed photographs of the lunar surface. In 1981, the Japanese video game Donkey Kong was released by Nintendo. In 1986, for the first time, the public could watch the proceedings of the U.S. Senate on television as a six-week experiment began. And finally, in 1997, Timothy McVeigh was convicted of murder and conspiracy in the 1995 bombing of the Alfred P. Murray Federal Building in Oklahoma City. McVeigh was executed in June of 2001. Our LMC birthday greetings go out today to actress-singer Sally Kellerman, who is 79. Actor Ron Ely is 78. Actor Stacy Keach, 75. Actor Charles Hayde, 73. Actor Jerry Mathers, better known as the Beaver, is 68. Actress Joanne Gleason, 66. Rapper B. Real of Cypress Hill is 46. Actor Anthony Montgomery is 45. Actor comedian Wayne Brady is 44. Actor Zachary Quinto, 39. Actor Dominic Cooper, 38, and actress Nikki Cox is also 38. Our thought for today comes from Elizabeth Bowen, Irish author, born 1899, died 1973, who said, We are minor in everything but our passions. This has been the news. From the LMC Radio Newsroom, and we now turn you over to Professor Porterfield and the Lucky Numbers. Lucky number, oh, dreaming of lucky numbers, hoping that those lucky numbers yeah. will show for me. Numbers only show for you and me. Superstition, or even me. Table with 13 dishes It will make me Make you please Haven't seen Hey, that's mommy Yeah? Yeah, man Well, open it Put my trunk in group for dust Cause you know someday It may bring you a seven Or maybe a lucky eleven Oh, that's easy in heaven Lucky number for me Yeah! Oh, you know someday it may rain, and that day is today. But don't you sweat it and don't you fret it, because we have the lucky numbers for you here. This week's lucky numbers are, as always, from ProfessorPorterfield.com. Why not stop on by and take a look? And they are 2, 9, 17, 28. 
29 and 37. Once again, those lucky numbers this week are 2, 9, 17, 28, 29, and 37. This week's lucky three-digit numbers are 171. That's 171. 222. Two, two. That's 222. And 389. That's 389. And I have to tell you that all three of those three-digit numbers, 171, 222, and 389, are hot right now. They came up hot and heavy and hard. So be on the lookout for them all. The card of the week this week is the Eight of Diamonds, a windfall, unexpected money, help or financial aid, and also a notice that one should plan now. This is a week for unforeseen gains and monies. A good week to make a small risk in gambling, but be careful to know when to walk away and count your winnings. Remember, our week runs Thursday to Thursday, so check in with the Now You Know show to get the numbers and cards when they first come out. And if you hit, (laughs) remember where you get. Till then, good luck to you all. Up next... Our own, from the First and Second Baptist Church of Quimby, Texas, our own Miss Loretta with Cooking with Miss Loretta. Sweet Loretta Martin thought she was a woman, but she was another man. All the girls around her say she's got it coming, but she gets it while she can. Thank you, Professor. And tonight I have for you a wonderful recipe and a big favorite down here in the South that I and my family have added just a little sort of a twist to. This is chicken and brisket Brunswick stew. Now, this recipe will make about 16 cups of stew, and the total time for cooking it will be 2 hours and 40 minutes. So, I hope you all will give it a try, and we'll see if you enjoy it. The ingredients for this recipe are as follows. Two large onions, chopped. Two garlic cloves, minced and one tablespoon of vegetable oil. One and one-half tablespoons jarred beef soup base, two pounds of skinned and boned chicken breasts, one 28-ounce can of roasted crushed tomatoes and you may have to 
look around for those, but you should be able to find them in your store. One 12-ounce package of frozen whole kernel corn, one 10-ounce package of frozen cream-style corn that you've thawed, and one 9-ounce package of frozen baby lima beans. Some folks don't like the lima beans, so if you want to leave them out, you can. You'll also need one 12-ounce bottle of chili sauce, one tablespoon brown sugar, one tablespoon of yellow mustard. I'm sorry. Hold on a minute. Johnny's waving at me. Okay. All right. I will. I'm sorry, folks. Apparently, there's been some sort of a some sort of a thing that goes on uh, with uh, technical difficulties, and they need me to slow down. They say I didn't think I talked that fast to begin with, but I, I'll go over that again. One 12 ounce bottle of chili sauce one tablespoon of brown sugar, and one tablespoon of yellow mustard. (laughs) I don't know what to do when they do that to me. One tablespoon Worcestershire sauce, one half a teaspoon coarsely ground pepper, one pound of chopped barbecued beef brisket without the sauce. That's very, very important. Do not get that barbecued beef brisket with sauce. One tablespoon of fresh lemon juice, and then if you like, you can also have hot sauce optional. All right, now, here's how you're going to do this. First, saute your onions and garlic in hot oil in at least a seven and a half quart Dutch oven over medium heat for three to five minutes or until the onions and garlic, particularly the onions, become clear. Once you've done that, stir together the beef soup base with two cups of water and add it to the Dutch oven. Don't do it in your Dutch oven. Do it to the side. Then stir in the chicken, and the next nine ingredients that I gave you and bring to a boil. Cover, reduce your heat to low, and cook, stirring occasionally for about two hours. And it takes a little bit of time. You can go and do other things, but remember to keep coming back and stir in your pot. After that time is over, uncover and shred your chicken into large pieces using two forks. Then stir in your brisket and lemon juice and cover and cook for another 10 minutes and serve with hot sauce if you like. And certainly my family likes to serve it with a lot of hot sauce. This recipe is a wonderful, hearty meal that most folks like, and it really goes well with buttermilk biscuits on the side. I sure do hope that you and your family will try this out and will enjoy it as much as I and mine do. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. 
Thank you, Miss Loretta. All right. Hey, that's uh, that sounds like a pretty good Brunswick stew recipe. I can't say uh, that I've ever had uh, a chicken and brisket Brunswick stew. That's a little different and does indeed sound pretty tasty. Up next, the professor's pontification. Our topic this night is Root Doctor, cleanse thyself. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to be talking about all sorts of things. You know, some people got a monkey on their back around here. interlude before the professor's pontification and our partial cookie winner on that one on our this evening's first name it and claim it is troll towelhead the grand mufti of satanism who engages in what i like to call a shotgun style this is where troll basically types as fast as papa newt and there is no faster typer in the world than papa newt Every possible band and song title that he can come up with. 
And so he got it correct. That is, in fact, Steely Dan. Very, very good. However, no one got the song. And the song is Monkey in Your Soul by Steely Dan. And before we go into the pontification, here's a brief word from your pilot. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is your pilot. Uh, We're about to enter the pontification section of the show. If you could please return your trays into an upright position and make sure that your seatbelts are fastened. The stewardesses will be coming around to collect hats to be burnt, as well as any wigs that may dislodge themselves during travel. Thank you. Oh, yes, that's right. Put your wigs and your hats to one side, because I'm going to be snatching wigs and burning hats tonight. Oh, we're going to have a goddamn bonfire in here by the time I am finished this evening. Now, we have a huge number of people in the chat room. Hi, everybody. Hello. Good evening. 22 listeners. Absolutely amazing. And I see some wonderful new names that I don't normally see. So, folks, if this is your first time listening to the Now You Know show, I, I almost feel like apologizing. But I'm not going to. Uh, <clears throat> oh, no, 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 no. This is the part where they foolishly give me a live mic, and, and, and so here we go. Tonight's pontification is root worker or root doctor. You can use either. Cleanse thyself. And it has two components to it. It has a very practical component to it, and then it has a rather more personal component to it. So we're going to start with the personal component, and then we're going to move into the practical component. So let's start with the personal component. Has everyone gone out of their goddamn minds in the last, I don't know, nine days, 13 days here? At what What is going on? I don't even I am fit to be tied, folks. I mean, literally, my wife, Christy, is following me around with a bit of rope going, should I tie his ass up right now? I mean, this is, this is crazy. This, this, this has gone nuts. So let me bring up the issue. You're probably all tired of hearing about it. God knows I'm tired of hearing about it. But here I go. So some little bit of time back, not very long ago now, there was an unfortunate accident at a zoo here in America. And a very young child, about four years old, fell or got into a gorilla enclosure. In this gorilla enclosure was a silverback gorilla, a male silverback gorilla. And... To rescue the child from the enclosure, the silver-backed gorilla was shot. All right. There are the facts. There. That's that's the story. Oh, boy. Let me take a big, deep breath on this one. So what has happened is uh, yes and the, and let me add that gorilla was in fact shot dead the, the gorilla is dead 
Let me just start with a few little things here to try to fill in the gaps before we get to the madness of this. Silverback gorillas are endangered. Absolutely. There's no question about it. They are an endangered species. They're on the watch list. They're in trouble. Okay? And it's a damn shame. I mean, I'm absolutely serious with you. It's a shame that the gorilla is dead. That sucks. Okay? Not going to get any... Not going to get any question out of me about that. Here's the problem. Since this has happened, everyone wants to walk this issue back. They want to walk it back. They want to walk it back. They want to take it someplace the hell else, okay, and make it about something else. They want to make it about something else. They want to walk this issue back, and they want to find something else about this issue. And I'm probably going to make some enemies tonight. Oh, Lord, when is that any different than any other show when the pontification starts? I've gone too far to stop now. Here's the thing. I have heard every kind of goddamn bullshit that you can hear about this issue. I've heard... uh, Oh, they should have shot the mother. Really? They should have shot this child's mother. The mother, the child was at the zoo with his mother, and, and oh, we should have shot her. Oh, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, we should. Yeah, I, there's not enough. There's not enough uh, random shooting of people in this country. Let's let's start shooting people in zoos. Um, oh, they should have uh, shot the kid. Really? Really? They should have shot the kid. Really? R- really? We should have shot a four-year-old child in public. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Let's 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 fucking do that. Let's let's fucking do that. Let's shoot the kid. Oh, it's his father's fault. Now let me just note that to you that his father was not at the zoo at the time. Okay. Oh, it's his father's fault because his father has a previous criminal history. Uh, blah 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 blah. But what? What? Well, first of all, I'm not exactly sure about the father's previous criminal history. I mean, I haven't done a lot of research into that because it's not a fucking issue here. What is the what is the father? You know, his grandfather once sold liquor to the what? What is what? How far are we going to walk this back? How far are we going to walk this back? Okay. Oh, they should have tranquilized the gorilla. Okay. Now let's stop with that one for a moment, and let's actually examine that one. <clears throat> I'm going to admit something to you. I, too, thought, why the hell did they not tranquilize the gorilla? Okay? I mean, that's what I thought. I, I, that was the first thing that came into my goddamn head was, what, what they had a rifle ready? Like, you know, we shoot animals rifle, but they didn't have a tranquilizer ready in a zoo? That's what I thought. Let me explain to you that my thinking on that was in part based on the fact that as a small child, older than four, I grew up watching uh, nature shows on television. These weren't really nature shows. These were nature adventure shows, like the Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. Okay, I'll stay in the helicopter while Dan approaches the grizzly bear. Dan always approaches the the grizzly bear. Okay, while everybody else stays in the in the uh, in the helicopter. And I have been corrected. It was in fact a lowland gorilla. All right. 
because I grew up watching the Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom, why is he talking about the Wild Kingdom? Just follow me along. Just follow me along. You see, the, the Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom was about a 30-minute show, and it was highly condensed. Of all of these wonderful adventures, primarily in places where there were wild animals, and as kids, we just loved this show. And in that show, Dan would tranquilize a rhinoceros or, uh, you know, uh, whatever. It could have been anything. It could have been a blue whale. It wouldn't matter. Dan would tranquilize the animal, primarily so they could weigh it and tag it and put a marker on it and release it back into the wild. And inevitably, what happened in the show is Dan would trank the animal, and the animal would fall right the fuck over. Okay? Boom! I mean, that would be it, okay? Uh, It's out. So, as an individual in this media-soaked society of ours, I grew up thinking that, you know, you shoot a trank, tranquilizer dart at an animal or someone, and boom, they just go down. That's it. That was the information I was given, and that was the information I ran with for the rest of my life, because I'm not a zoologist nor am I a veterinarian, nor have I had cause to tranquilize animals with darts. It just hasn't been a part of my life. Let me also add to you uh, this. As a child, I thought that quicksand was going to be a really big problem. Okay? Does anybody else remember this? Does anybody else remember that quicksand was good? Like, there was quicksand everywhere as far as I was informed as a child in both books, movies, and television. As a child, I was informed that I really needed to learn proper quicksand survival skills. It hasn't come up. It hasn't come up. So the point being that we are given images and information. They're not necessarily lies. They're not even necessarily there for uh, you know, uh, entertainment. We see what we see, and we think what we think. So when the zookeepers and when the zoologists and when the veterinarians and when the professional animal handlers all came to say of this issue that no, no, the lowland gorilla could not have been tranquilized because tranquilizers take a fair degree of time to operate. The gorilla could have been made far more aggressive by being shot with a dart. It could have angered and made the gorilla aggressive and could have caused the gorilla to then harm the little four-year-old, four-year-old child. The decision was made to shoot the gorilla with a bullet and not with a tranquilizer dart. I, as a reasonable person, went, oh, I'll be damned. There's the goddamn information. There's the information. Here are zoologists, biologists, veterinarians, and zookeepers, and animal experts all saying, no, 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 no. What are you people, crazy? You don't just shoot a thing with, you don't just shoot an animal. It's about size. It's about, you know, tranquilizers have to be prepared for the weight of the animal. And they don't just go right down. They don't just fall over. You know, Mutual of Wild Kingdom, they just cut that part out because it's a 30-minute goddamn show. You know, it takes a while, and that could have made the animal aggressive, and he could have harmed and even killed the child. I, hearing this information from those people who know the information, went, well, that's perfectly reasonable. 
That's 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 perfectly reasonable. That's perfectly reasonable. A lot of people have not. They should have tranquilized. The, they should have taken the risk. Now everybody wants to walk that back. Oh, but there's all these other kids who fell into, and the gorilla didn't. Oh, there's this, there's that, there's this. Let me tell you the one thing that I have not heard, that I have not heard, except just now in the chat room from our own chief engineer, Troll Talhead. What I have not heard is anyone say the fault is in the design of the enclosure? Clearly, children of any given age should not be able to, okay, get into an enclosure with lowland gorillas, silverback gorillas, any kind of gorilla, alligators, serpents, cheetahs, you name it. If we're going to have this, then they should be designed, you know, by engineers and people who think these things out. So that particularly small children, because it's kind of strange, isn't it, folks? Isn't it kind of strange that there would be small children in a goddamn zoo? Small children cannot get into the goddamn enclosure. No one's saying that. Everybody wants to walk it back. Everyone wants to say, well, it's the mother's fault. Uh, you know, I watch my kids, and my kids would never get away from me, and she's a negligent mother. She's a terrible, terrible, negligent mother. She's a terrible, negligent mother. Really? Listen, I've had children. I have two grown boys. They're men now. Okay, One of them has children himself. And when they were four, oh, my God. I mean, one of them ran around. I was Listen, true story. I lived in an old Victorian farmhouse, okay? One of these big, huge three-story affairs with a full attic that's a room, the whole nine yards, the gabled windows and the awnings and all that. One morning, one morning, early one morning, I heard a knock on my window. Knock, 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 knock. I thought a squirrel waking me up. What the hell is this animal doing? I turned and looked. My four-year-old child was on the other side of the window, on the roof, on the goddamn roof, on the second-story roof of a Victorian farmhouse, okay? Just running around. He had his toys out there, snacks. He had gotten up way early in the morning, all right? Way, 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 way early in the morning. And we had those old-style windows with the pullers and the le- you know the pullers and the cord, the cord and the weights, so that you know almost anybody can open them. And boom, he was on the roof, running around, tapping on windows. I'm on the roof at 7:15 a.m. chasing a four-year-old. They're like ninjas, man. They're like ninjas. Okay, they'll get anywhere. They'll get everywhere. But no, she's a negligent mother. No, it's his father because his father had a criminal background. This is that. So it's like now, right about now, normally the kid comes into the room and says, "What has it got to do with hoodoo?" Okay, the door is locked. Uh, we've taken a few extra precautions here because we thought it would be untenably ironic if a child were actually able to get into the 
booth with me as he has in the past. It would certainly have made a strong point, but we're taking extra steps tonight. And normally the kid says, what has it got to do with hoodoo? Well, what has it got to do with hoodoo is this. I have become aware in the past few days that there are people involved in our community, in our community, in the root work hoodoo conjure community, who have been saying that conjure hoodoo needs to be done against the mother. Against the mother. That the child, we need to get together and we need to do root work to make sure that this child, this four-year-old child, who's fine, by the way, ends up in foster care, ends up in the care and control of the state. He's taken away from his terrible, wicked, evil, horrible parents and, and given to somebody else. child needs to be taken away from them. And they want to burn candles on that, and they want to do work on that. I damn near fell out. I mean, this is the part where, you know, you kind of feel your brain falling out of your actual skull. You actually, there are these moments when these things happen, and I say to myself, am I having a stroke? Is this what a stroke feels like? What the hell is this? It's not. It's not a stroke. It's just my brain going, it can't take it. I want to say something right now. And a lot of people are going to get up on the hind legs about it. I know some people are. Maybe not anybody in the chat room, but they're going to be some people in the archives. Somebody's going to post this back up to Facebook. Let's talk about it a minute. I come from Texas. And in Texas, whenever a little white child falls down a goddamn well, the world ends. Okay? And apparently, Texas, white Texas children have a predilection for falling down old wells in our state. I'm not exactly sure what causes it. I'm not sure. I I wasn't even aware that we had that many vacated wells for children to fall down. But children fall down wells in Texas as if it were, you know, a sport. Okay? And the world ends. Okay? The world ends. CNN's out there, Fox News is out there, satellite feed their reporters from Paris, I mean, they're all out there, we're all pray for the family, pray for the family, pray for the family, these poor, poor people, their little girl, their little boy fell down a well, and oh, who could have seen it coming, I don't know, you could have covered the goddamn well maybe, but uh, you know, oh, but well, you know, let's send money and let's do all this stuff. And I'm not saying that none of any of that's incorrect. I'm not saying let's not pray for that family. I'm not saying let's not cook them some food. I'm not saying let's not get engineers in there and get that kid out of a goddamn well. Now, everybody remembers little Jessica when this happened. But if you think I'm harping on just that, no, 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 no. Before I was born, before I was born, when my mother was a child, a little child, a little boy, fell down a well in Wise County. My grandfather, who was an engineer, was involved in helping get child out, or at least he told me the story. You know, I mean, you know, there, people fall, 
kids are falling down wells all the time in Texas. And nobody's saying, we should have shot the parents. No one's saying that. No one's saying that. No one's saying, we should shoot the parents. And I live in Texas, where there are more guns than there are people. There are six guns per person in the state of, and nobody in the state of Texas said, with all those guns, said, we should shoot those parents. They let that kid fall down a well. I mean, where were they? Why weren't they? Why weren't? Why weren't they paying attention to him? Does his daddy have a criminal history? Does his mama? Are, are they on the welfare? They on food stamps? They shop Walmart? No, no, no. Nobody said that. What everybody said is, let's get the kid out of the well. Now I understand that there's a difference between digging up a well and shooting an endangered species member. I understand that. But that's not the point here, because that's a walk back. That's yet again a walk back. Let's walk it back. Let's find every other goddamn reason to blame this on, rather than blaming it on the one thing it should be blamed on, which is that the design of the enclosure was was poorly executed. Poorly done. Poorly done. Okay? Poorly done. No, no, we got to walk it back. Now, We've had multiple instances. Strangely enough, you wouldn't think this would be true, but it's true. We've had multiple instances throughout the years of children ending up in gorilla enclosures. Before I get any further on that, let me just take a brief moment and a deep breath to say that I think that as the citizens of the United States, we really need to look into the whole fucking thing that's going on with gorilla enclosures in our goddamn country. Because, apparently, children end up in them all the time. More often than Texas kids end up in wells. You can go out and look at the news stories. There are multiple, multiple instances of children ending up in zoo enclosures. And often they're gorilla enclosures. Now maybe it's because kids like gorillas. I, I don't I don't know, man. I don't know. And nobody said well, we should kill the parents. His father have a criminal history. We should have shot the kid. The gorilla is more important. Now, admittedly, in none of those instances were the gorillas killed. But let me let me let me make some enemies. Ready? Here it is. Since I know you've been holding your breath waiting for him. Yeah, he's gonna do it any minute. Here it is. What's the primary difference between this child and all these other children? What's the primary difference between this child who's fallen into a grill enclosure and the other children who have fallen into grill enclosures? What's the difference between this child who's gotten himself in mortal danger and other children who have gotten themselves in mortal danger in wells, in construction sites, etc.? What's the difference? Well, you can say what you will. You know, criticize me if you must, but I'll tell you what the goddamn difference is. This is a little black kid. This is a little black kid. So suddenly, we should, we should shoot the mother. It's the father's criminal history. They need to be investigated. The cops say no crime has been committed, but now after social outcry, they're going to investigate it. Okay? Now it's a big issue. We have kids falling into zoo enclosures on a regular semi-basis around here, 
But now it's a fucking issue. And to add insult to goddamn injury, we have people involved in the hoodoo root work and conjure community who are now saying that we should burn candles, we should do work, we should summon spirits to have that child taken away from their parent and put into the ward of state, be made a foster child. We need to all get together and do hoodoo root work together to do that right the fuck now. Right the fuck now to take that child away. People involved in root work and conjure. You know, you know, African-American hoodoo. You know, African-American hoodoo. We should do that to have the little black child taken away from his black parents to be made a ward of the state. You know. And yet, we have people who can not lift a hand to burn a candle for Tamir Rice, who was a child. Who was a child playing in a park. Who was shot by the police. We can't, we can't have anybody, you know, where's, where's the response for that? Where's the response for that? You're going to walk this back all the way? You're going to walk that back all the way? You're going to walk that back all that way? I don't see y'all taking the police officers who jumped out of a car and killed Tamira Rice within seconds. I don't see you taking them to the graveyard, but you're going to get together and take this child. You're going to get together and do work to have this child taken away from his parents because they're wicked, they're evil, they're terrible. She didn't throw this child into the enclosure, folks. The child got into the enclosure. You're not talking about doing root work against the zoo. Everybody's talking about the loss of the animal. These precious animals, they're dying out, but I don't see you doing root work to close down zoos. I don't see you doing even fucking normal protesting to stop zoos. Apparently you're okay with having this animal who's so rare and so beautiful and needs to be preserved kept in a goddamn zoo. You're fine with that, but it went too far when we had to kill the animal to save the human child. Why don't we close the goddamn zoos? Why don't we use the root work for that? Why don't we stop destroying the earth? Why don't we use the root work for that? Why don't we... Use the root work against the major polluters, about the logging companies, about the whole nine yards, instead of this. No, let's instead pick on the family. After all, it's just a little black family in America. Fuck them. And again, to add insult to injury, you're actually going to use hoodoo. You're actually going to use hoodoo against the African-American family whose child just got away from them and got into a badly designed, past a badly designed barrier into an enclosure. That's what you're going to do. Root worker, cleanse thyself. Cleanse thyself, root worker. Cleanse thy goddamn self. We have this situation we talked about it before. Here it is again. Here it is again. How many times have you got to talk about this on the goddamn show? I guess I'll just keep talking about it. We have people who want hoodoo. They want hoodoo. Oh, they badly want hoodoo. 
They want to do hoodoo. They want to practice hoodoo. They want to be a part of hoodoo. They want to tell you what hoodoo is or isn't. It's Irish. It's Scottish. It's French. It's Greek. It's fucking anything. But it's not African-American. As long as it's not African-American, it's anything. They want to take hoodoo. They want to make hoodoo theirs. They want to sell hoodoo. They want to make their buck off hoodoo. And they want clients who are African-American. Because African-American system of magic. African-American basis. And they want that money. But they don't give a damn about African-American people. They're fine taking black money, but they don't care about black people. They don't care about black children. They don't care about black poverty. They don't care about black oppression. They don't care about black deaths. What they care about is black money. They want the money. Root worker, cleanse thyself. Do something. Listen, if you come around me and you're like, hey, we should do some root work to have this child taken away from his mother, you better have more in your goddamn repertoire than the kid got past a barricade and got the grill enclosure. You, you better be prepared to have something more. But the beautiful gorilla died. Yes, I understand that the gorilla is dead. All of a sudden, you're concerned about the goddamn gorilla. You weren't concerned when the gorilla was actually trapped, imprisoned, caged, as it were, in the goddamn zoo, which is not its natural habitat the fuck at all. Then we were off, oh, we're protecting the gorilla. Who are we protecting the gorilla from? Meteors? Are we protecting the, who, what, what are we protecting the gorilla from? Oh, that's right, us. We're protecting the gorilla from us by putting the gorilla in the goddamn zoo. You know what? How about let's not do that to begin with? Here's another thing. I don't see you being concerned about all the other shit that's going on. What about all the goddamn oil spills that happened last week? There were two of them. You don't seem concerned about that. I don't hear anybody saying, hey, let's do root work against Exxon. What's what's going on there? What's going on there? Why aren't you doing the work against Exxon? You know, we had the big methane leak in California. That was huge. I didn't see you talking about doing root work for that. You know, like, we have serious white supremacists and serious Nazis. I'm not even going to say neo. I'm not even going to, like, dignify them neo-Nazi, where the new Nazis, and we prefer red and green over black and silver. No, no, they're just Nazis. Supporting, openly supporting, actively supporting a candidate for the presidency of the United States of America. I don't see y'all talking about doing root work against them. Where, where's that? Where's that? Root worker, cleanse thyself. But everybody wants to walk it back. Let me give you another example. You may not care about this. You may. You may have heard about this. You may have not. We had a little issue here. It's only important to a small select group of us, uh, about 1% to 2% of the population, um, in that there's a writer at Marvel, and he decided to do this thing where Captain America is now actually secretly a member of HYDRA and has always been a member of HYDRA and Hail HYDRA. And some of us um, don't like that. And we're not exactly uh, – it's not because we're comic book fans, folks. But everybody wants to walk it back. Everybody wants – well, Hydra's not really Nazis. Well, well really? Well, I guess 
I guess I can't read. Well, Hydra's not really anti-Semitic, so they don't really count. So it's not really anti. Really, because the two the, the Jewish writers and artists created the guy, and so it's kind of a spit in the face. To, you know, I mean, Jack Kirby would literally just punch you in the face. Jack Kirby would just it's clobbering time, and and just punch you in the face. But you want to walk it back. Well, actually, it's just you know, it's just a story. Why do you get so hepped up about a story? Oh, I don't know. Wouldn't you get hepped up if uh, you know? Uh, Nick Cage or um, uh, Black Panther um, or Shockwave were suddenly a member of the KKK. You wouldn't get hepped up about that. You wouldn't understand why black people were fucking, you know, upset about that. That wouldn't make sense to you. You, you wouldn't get that. Huh? Really? Really? But see, again, it's the walking back issue. Let's not deal with the issue. Let's walk it back. Let's not deal with what's going on here in front of us. Let's find the other problem. And this is what's going on in America. What's going on is we are very busily sniffing for the enemy. Let's find the real problem. Well, the real problem is the bridge fell down. Let me give you an example. If tomorrow, my lips to God's ears may it not happen, if tomorrow the Golden Gate Bridge fell into the bay, Hum. Let's say around 04 p.m., loaded with cars. The equivalent here would be if we drug the bay, got all the cars, took all the bodies out, and then said, of all the people that drowned in their cars when the Golden Gate Bridge fell into the bay, how many of them are African-American? How many of them are Hispanic or Latino? How many of them are Asian? And if that number caps a certain imaginary level, then we can say, oh my God, look at how irresponsible these people are. If they hadn't all been bumper to bumper, if they hadn't had all of their cars on the bridge, if they hadn't been in such a rush to get someplace. Where were they all going to check, cash their welfare checks? <laughs> if they hadn't all been living their lives the way they lived their lives, and we disagree with them. And how many of them were even citizens? How many of them were illegals? Oh, and now they've destroyed this great engineering feat. This symbol of America, the Golden Gate Bridge, is gone. Instead of just saying who the fuck was in charge of monitoring and keeping the fucking Golden Gate Bridge up to fucking standard. Instead of saying, wow, we've got a real problem with infrastructure in this goddamn country, don't we, when the Golden Gate Bridge falls into the bay. That's the equivalent of what we're talking about here, people. You may think that's hyperbolic. You may think that's really me being an asshole, and that's your privilege. And sometimes I am an asshole, but the fact of the matter is that is the equivalent. Let's count up the bodies. Let's look at the skin. Let's look at the people and then blame them. Whereas if everybody on that bridge had been white and semi-European descent, it would have been a terrible tragedy. We always want to walk back the issue. We want to find the enemy. We want to find the bad guy. Root worker, root worker, root worker. Cleanse thyself. Now, I told you that this was going to become a practical conversation as well, and here it is. In all seriousness, root worker, cleanse thyself. 
We are engaged in a spiritual practice. We do this all the time. Okay, We deal with messed up people, people in trouble, people who are jinxed, people who are cursed, spirits, problems, heartache, death, all day long. And a lot of us, some of us, forget to cleanse ourselves. You need to clean yourself. You need to clean yourself. You need to clean yourself, you need to clean your workspace, you need to clean your house. I'm not talking about OCD here. I'm not talking about, you know, you have to do this in some sort of, you know, trapped up fucking way where you can't get out of, you know, what the rest of your life. But you need to cleanse yourself. And there's another level to cleansing. We all know about spiritual baths. We all know about, you know, laying down salt, using Florida water, and some people burn sage. We all you know, know about pine salt, and some of us use Vicks Vapor. We all know, okay? We all know. But there's another component to, quote, spiritual comp- cleansing, cleanse thyself, that we may not think about. I was raised by a very wise woman. And my mother said to me at an early age, perhaps a little too early because I came, you know, kind of obsessional about it. Who knows? She said to me, a life unexamined is not worth living. My mom. It's not actually her quote. I mean, she's repeating it. But as far as I'm concerned, it came from my mom. A life unexamined is not worth living. There is another level to spiritual cleansing, and that level is personal examination. Personal examination. I'm not necessarily talking about this in the term like, you know, you check your testicles and you check your breasts for lumps. That is a form of personal examination, certainly, and it's an important one. What I'm talking about is inner examination. Now, certainly exterior examination is necessary because um, how do you know you're jinxed if you're not examining what's going on around you? You know, you're just walking through it. Uh, being told the sound is off. Uh, I don't know if any of you can hear me. If you can, say something. Okay, people just troll. All right, well, he's chief engineer. He'll he, he, he'll know what to do. Um. Personal examination. Examine yourself. Examine yourself. Examine what's going on with you. If you're going to clean your house, then you need to be also prepared to clean your mind and clean your heart and clean your soul. Okay? You have to be willing to clean yourself. Not just within, but without. And not just without, but within. Clean your attitudes up. Think about what's going on. Remember, if you are a practitioner of hoodoo, for clients, if you are a practitioner of hoodoo, conjure root work for clients, then you are a member of a community. Not only are you a member of a community, you're a powerful and large figurehead in that community. You are someone that people come to for aid, help, counsel, and wisdom. So you damn well better make sure that your mouth is clean. 
that your tongue is clean, that your brain is clean, that your heart is clean. Because if, if you would rather do work on parents to take their children away because their kid got in trouble, you know, I don't mean he got, he did something. That was, I mean, accident happened to him. Rather than do work for justice, for health, for aid. If you would rather do all of that, if you would rather blame people than aid people, if you would rather spout aggression than aid, if you would rather talk bullshit than sense, and if you would rather just cash the check and take the money from people of color while you use their form of magic, their tradition, their history, their idiom, their words? Huh. Woo. Well, you know, you keep on doing that long enough. One of these days, you keep that dirty mouth, that dirty heart, that dirty soul, that dirty house. Huh. Baby, you're going to wake up with the Jinx Blues. Walking up, 
walking up and down the road. I said, I'd rather be outdoors. I said, I'm walking up and down the road. And be laying around here working just for my boy and clothes. Oh, yes. And the name it and claim it winner on that one is our own Miss Cat. That's correct. She got the artist and the song. That was, of course, The Jinx Blues by Eddie Sun House, or as I was taught to say his name, Son House. So, you know, I hope y'all were listening, not only to what I was saying, but what the Son House was singing. Because in his own way and in my own way, and like everyone here on the LMC Radio Network, we're just trying to send out a little signal. What's that signal? Why, that's the LMC Radio Network on the air! The LMC Radio Network, broadcasting around the globe, bringing news! Information, education, and entertainment to all. It's the LMC Radio Network in the Vanguard. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, hosted by Catherine Ironwood and Contraman Ali, Sundays 3 to 4.30. Candelo's Corner, starring Candelo Cambisa, Mondays 5 to 7. The Crystal Silence League Hour, hosted by John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6. In the Streets, with Beverly Smith, Tuesdays 6 to 7. On Sacred Ground, with Kai Armand, Wednesdays 5 to 7. The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursdays 6 to 7.30. And Liquid Libations with Andrea Weston, Saturdays 5 to 7. All time specific, at 3 hours for Eastern. Sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. And online at luckymojo.com. Yes! Yes! It is I! Goulash here to talk to you once again, my friends, about the Lucky Mojo Curio Company at 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California. Did you know, dear ones, that Lucky Mojo is both an online magical shop and a real magical store that you can visit? It's true. They carry a full line of handmade spiritual supplies, including occult oils, incenses, powders, candles, herbs, mojo bags, spiritual soaps, books, and spell kits. For those who cast magic spells, love spells, money spells, and protection spells in the African-American hoodoo, pagan magic, and other witchcraft 
traditions. Who am I talking about? I am talking about the Lucky Mojo Curio Company of 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California. <laughs> you should go there, my dear ones. Go in person. Take the trip up into the mysterious woods of Northern California and go. And see the Lucky Mojo Curio Company at 6632 Cavi Road, Forestville, California. Bring your children along. <laughs> they can watch the trains. Oh, it's a beautiful and marvelous train set with many, many, many tiny, tiny little people on it that you wonder were they always so tiny. And you can watch the trains go around and around and around and around, leading you deeper and deeper into hypnotic sleep until all you can hear is the sound of my voice speaking to you about the Lucky Mojo Curio Company of 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California. And while you're there, you can visit the world's smallest church, the Missionary Independent Spiritual Church, and go inside and take a few moments of quiet prayer and meditation before going inside the Lucky Mojo Curio Company and browsing the aisles where you'll see thousands upon thousands of items from all over the world. That's right, person, dear ones. Do not have a worry, because you can visit them online at www.luckymojo.com and sit in the privacy of your own home, in your own secluded, darkened room beneath the bust of palace, looking at page after page after page of thousands of fabulous products, and then order them online and have them brought to your house secretly, discreetly, in the middle of the night, perhaps, yes? <laughs> Who am I talking about? Why I'm talking about the Lucky Mojo Curio Company at 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California, and online at www.luckymojo.com. Tell them the count sent you. <laughs> Oh, heavens, he, what did he do? Did, Johnny, did you, Johnny, just stop. You're, you're rushing the thing. You don't, no. No, when the light goes red, you wait until it goes green again. And then we play the, it, we can't, the light's green right now. That means we're on, the, oh, we're on the air. Oh, <laughs> hi, folks. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you, Count Goulash. The fabulous, the amazing, the stupendous Count Goulash uh, from the old, uh, WKTV uh, Monster Chiller Horror Theater. We're always happy to have him uh, with us each and every week. And of course, before that, we heard from Troll Talhead, chief engineer of the LMC Radio Network, with that fabulous hour shows here each and every week. Up next, a little segment I like to call. That's right. Divination and you. This week, a follow-up, as promised and 
extremely requested. We got many, many letters, many, many messages, many lovely wishes asking us to hurry up and do this. So here it is, kids. Just as I told you, here is this week, Radiomancy Part 2. Tonight, rather than speaking just about divination, we're going to be talking about song music, using songs, using radio, and using recordings in magic. That's right. Let me tell you all about it. Let me tell you about Texas Radio. I want to tell you about Texas Radio and the Big B. Comes out of the Virginia swamps, cool and slow with plenty of precision. And the back is narrow and hard to master. Some call it heavenly and it's brilliant. Others mean and rueful of the Western dream.
and our Name It and Claim It winner is divided between Christy Porterfield, our own Christy XP in the chat room, and Andrew Haig. Christy got the band. That is correct. It is The Doors. And Andrew got that it is. That is correct. The W-A-S-P, Texas Radio, and The Big Beat. It uh, refers to high-powered Mexican radio stations that blasted into Texas primarily in the 1950s, and they weren't restricted by American regulations. And uh, now, technically, all those stations did, in fact, start with an X rather than a W, but they could have up to 150,000 watts. And many people in the time, including Jim Morrison and Ray Manzarek, both heard through Mexican radio the one and the only Wolfman Jack broadcasting out of Chihuahua, Mexico. And so if you're wondering what that was all about, there you go. And so Andrew and Christy both get a cookie. So congratulations. Tonight on Divination and You, we're going to do something a little different. We're not going to necessarily be talking about Divination. We're going to be doing a follow-up. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about Radiomancy. And I said at the time that On an occasion on the show, I would discuss the use of song and music and radios, records, etc., even MP3s and digital recordings as a part of magic. Now, I know that you know that there ain't nothing new under the sun, and it is very difficult to attribute almost anything to an individual or a set of individuals. There are a few cases we certainly can say without question that Lavender Love Drops comes from our own wonderful, beloved Deacon Millette and our own Miss Cat. There it, that's, that's just the truth. Couldn't say that the idea of using oils or perfumes in love work for gay, lesbian, bisexual or transsexual people solely originated with them. That's just their contribution to it. So you must understand that we can't say that the use of song or music, and by this I mean recorded song and music. I don't mean live song and music. It would be asinine to suggest that the use of live Live, people are actually singing it, actually chanting it, actually playing instruments, music in magical root work is magical work, I should say, is anything other than ancestral, that it is basically uh, a core component of the human experience on this planet. And every society has done it throughout time. All that being said, I am now going to say this. There are only a handful of people that I know who do this type of magic that I'm going to be talking to you about. A lot of people do it. They don't realize they're doing it. And here what I'm speaking of is people who actually know what they're doing. It. They're doing it with intention. They're setting out to do it. There's no mistake. It's not just going on in the background. Oh, baby, they're doing it. And the two people that I know who engage in this magic the most or that I have encountered the most are, again, uh, Miss Cat Ironwood, our own Catherine Ironwood, and myself, Professor Porterfield. 
that probably shouldn't be a surprise to you if you know Miss Cat's background and you know my background. If you know our histories, you're probably not too surprised that we use recorded music in our spell work. When we talked about Radiomancy as a part of divination, we talked about it in two ways. We talked about it as an actual system of divination, actual Radiomancy, where you're using it systematically, where songs have individual meanings. This song will represent this. That song will represent so-and-so, like a layout. But we also talked about it as a, a form that was not technically a, quote, mancy. It wasn't actually radiomancy. It was more radio omen. We're going to go back to that now. This is where you're doing some sort of work, a song comes on, it's omenistic. It's like a, a, a symbol, a signal from the universe. The song comes to you as an omen, the same way you would observe the movement of birds or uh, the flickering of a flame or uh, the change of anything around you to signal or bring in an omen, a meaning you would interpret. Now, it is my personal belief, and let's make a statement about that, because you know how we are in the Now You Know show. There's a difference between fact and opinion, and, and this is my opinion. This is not a fact, but it's still my opinion, that the use of recorded song in magical work it relates closer to the picking up of songs as omens rather than absolute technical radiomancy itself. This is where you use a song as a part of a spell. Now, immediately the question comes up, why, how, what, who? Are you out of your mind? Are you drunk? Okay, no, I'm not drunk. I don't think I'm out of my mind, not yet. And now let's examine why, who, how, etc. The use of a song in magic, can be done a couple of ways. Rather than finish with this, I'm going to start with this. Often when we talk about this, we talk about, quote, sneaky tricks when we get to the end of our discussion. We say, oh, here's all this great information, and oh, by the way, here's a sneaky way to do it. Here's how you add whatever uh, to his foot uh, powder that he puts in his shoes every day. This is what you do to her perfume. This is what you put in the food, etc., etc. This is how you dress this letter so they don't know it's sneaky trick. Haha. We normally talk about that at the end. I'm going to talk about it at the beginning. Here's one of the things that I have seen individuals, myself, Miss Cat, and others do with recorded song in the modern day age. Sometimes a spell, I don't really like that word, but let's just use it, a spell, a piece of work, takes on power and takes on usefulness and spreads and does more what you want it to do by getting others to participate. Let me give you an example. Let's say you had a written curse. A written curse against someone. This subperson's a thief, they're a scoundrel, they're a scallywag, whatever. And you have prepared a written curse for them. 
If you could, through some means, get many, many, many people to read that curse out loud or even in their heads, again and again and again, you would be adding compatriots, if you will, to the spell. You'd be adding others to help move the spell along. You'd be bringing in other people to help spread the spell. Now, that being said, you can take a piece of music, and you can use it the same way. You can get other people to listen to it. Other people to sing along. Other people to spread it. Facebook's great for this. Well, what? how do I do it, Professor Porterfield? What do you mean? It's just a song. Okay. First, you want a song that has some meaning to what you're doing. You want a song particularly songs that have lyrics that speak to the action that you're taking or the action that you want to happen or the realization or change that you want to be brought about in another. You take this song. You link yourself to it. You prepare it. You say, this is the song. Just like if you were writing out a curse or you're writing out a blessing. When we're writing it out, we're concentrating on it. Okay. You're writing it out. You don't lift your pencil. You don't lift your pen. You write it all out. You write it out in a formulaic manner. You do it in a careful way, something of yourself into it. You're calling upon the angels, as they say, and you're getting it ready. You do the same thing with the song. You sit and you listen to that song and you sing along with that song as you do the rest of your work. So let me give you an example. You are doing a piece of love work. Ah, see, you thought I was going to do something nasty. No, you're doing a piece of love work. And you're doing this for John and Mary. You want John and Mary to get together, and you want everything to be copacetic and wonderful between the two of them. And so you have set up Let's say two figural candles, a male and a female figural candles, two red figural candles, and you've anointed them with the proper oils, and you've prepared the proper herbs, and you're going to bring those two figural candles together face to face, and you're going to tie them together with red string or a piece of red ribbon, something. Let's say even that you've got John and Mary's sexual fluids on that string or that ribbon, and you're tying them together face-to-face, groin-to-groin, to bring them together into love and passion. And while you're doing it, you put on a particular song that works for you. It can be anything. It can be the blues. It can be freaking opera. It can be anything. In this case, in my mind, I'm playing Donna Summer's Love to Love Me Baby. Okay, love to love me, baby. Oh, love to love me, baby. I'm playing that song because it's very repetitive. It's very simple. And that song is constructed in a way that the end of the song and the beginning of the song can loop. It's literally designed to be played on a loop. Okay, that's the way the producers made that song. That song can be played on a loop forever. 
I'm playing that song in the background while I'm doing my work for John and Mary. Okay? Then you take that song while your work is still going on, and you spread it. You spread it through the world. How do you do that? Well, in the old days, I would open my goddamn windows, stick my goddamn speakers into the windows, and turn up the music so that the neighborhood heard it, so that everybody in the neighborhood heard it. And as they're walking by and it's coming out of my windows, they're singing along. They're humming along. They're making note of what's going on with that music. By the way, whoever just kicked Man for Peace, thank you. I was trying to do it and talk at the same time. So, that was the way we could do that in the old days. You literally just played the music out loud so other people could hear it, you know? You could also walk into some place and find it on the, back in the day, you could find it on the, you know, jukebox and play it for the whole place. Nowadays, there is another way, a very sneaky, very effective way. You just post the goddamn thing up to social media. Post the song on to Facebook. Go out, find Donna Summers' Love to Love Me Baby, find it on YouTube, post the link into YouTube. If John and Mary both know you're doing work for them, you know, you can post up for John and Mary. You can post up for Mary if she's your client. You don't have to name her whole name. You can just say, for the lovely couple. You could just say nothing and just post it up there. You could even, because people are Pavlovian, post up, hey, all sing along, and leave it there. And what happens is, pretty soon you're going to have 52 likes. And everybody, everybody who did that probably listened to it. They had it playing in their house, and they were grooving. And they were feeling that feeling of love. And they were thinking what that song meant for them. And they were thinking about all the good times that Donna Summers and Love to Love Me Baby brought them. And they just aided you in your spell. They all became participants. It wasn't just you. In other words, in a way, the song becomes a prayer, if you will. And just as you might post up, let's say, the 91st Psalm and say something like... uh, for all those in trouble right now. And you're particularly thinking about one particular client that you're working for who's in trouble, who needs protection. And you post that 91st song up, and everybody reads it. Some who are religious take the moment to pray it. And they say the same thing you did for all those in trouble right now, which includes your client. They've now enacted that psalm. They've enacted that prayer. Except the psalm... Here, you ready for it? You ready for me to bring it home? Are you ready for me to bring it home? Psalms are songs. Psalms are songs. They're songs. They're not written out formulaic prayers. They're songs. 
What did you think it meant at the beginning of some of those goddamn songs where it says, for the choir master? The psalm that we go to all the time. How many of you use the 23rd psalm? How many of you use the 91st? How many of you use the 35th? Constantly, constantly, they're songs. They're songs. Now, yes, we've lost the tune for them. I'm sorry. I will apologize on behalf of me and my people. We did our best, but, you know, we kind of got kicked around the whole goddamn place, and so somewhere along the way, we lost the tunes. We'll try better next time. But the point is that the psalm is a song. It's all, you're already, baby, you're already using music in your magic, in your hoodoo, and you didn't even maybe know it because you've been using the psalms. And the psalms are songs. You're still using the lyrics. That's what you're using. You're using song lyrics. Now, if you can use that, if you can use Jewish psalms, the Jewish songs, the Jewish lyrics, baby, you can use the Doors lyrics. You can use Led Zeppelin's lyrics. You can use Sun House's lyrics. You can use Robert Johnson's lyrics. You can use Steely Dan's lyrics. You can use anybody's lyrics you want because it's like that song, and you haven't lost the music. So play the music with it. You can write it down. You could write your own song lyrics if you are musically inclined. If you are musically inclined, if you are a good librettist and you can play the guitar, write a cursing song on somebody. Write it. Write it out. I want you to wake up in the morning. Don't want you to get out of bed. I want you to lay there, hold your head, and feel that because of what you've done, you're dead. You can just do that yourself, okay? But there's a whole world full of songs that we're already using. We use them to bring ourselves up. We use them to bring ourselves down. We use them all the time to elicit all sorts of emotions and we can turn those emotions into the magical work that we want to do with our workings all the goddamn time literally play this music while you are doing your work on in the background go and find yourself a blessing song go and find yourself a cursing song go and find yourself a a love song go and find yourself a court case song okay I've done this. I've done this for years with great, great, great success. Miss Cat has done this with great, great success. Now, I know that some of y'all are never going to listen to another goddamn song that Miss Cat or I post up on Facebook, which is really a loss because they're really good songs, and we're not doing it every fucking time. Sometimes we just like to share music because we're both two old music heads, you know, who love the tunes. But, you know, you can do this too. You can also set a scene. Let's say you have a song. It's a love song. You've been working with that song. You've been working with that love work, that song. You've been playing it. You've been playing it while you've been doing this, this one piece of work on this man, on this woman, on this guy, on this gal. And you've just been humming it and singing it and playing it in the background on your iPod, on your computer, on your old LP, on the radio. And just play it and play it and play it and play it and play it. And now it's time. Now you're going to have that person that you want to be your lover to come into your house. You've already dressed the house. You've already got everything ready. You've dressed your clothes. You've dressed the bed. You've got a little something sneaked away in the meal you're going to serve them tonight. 
well, here, do yourself one other favor and play that goddamn song when they walk in your house. Play that song when they walk in the house. Have it on the radio. Have it on the turntable. Have it on your iPad. Have it on your sound system playing in the background. Okay? You can start collecting music and using it. But what music do I use? Well, first of all, use music that has good lyrics. Listen to the lyrics. Find out what the lyrics are. There is music written for every condition that we address. Okay? Whether it be for love or for fuck you, I hate you, go away, I want this town to burn down, whatever. There's a song for all of it. Find the song. Broaden your musical arena, first of all. Don't just listen to one kind of music. Listen to as many kinds of music as you can. And find those songs and start using those songs. Work the lyrics into your petitions. Work the lyrics into your prayers. Work the music itself into the backdrop as you're doing other work. Put your will into that song and post it up on social media. Open the windows of your house, of your business, and play that music firm and loud and solid. Not enough that it bugs people. You don't want people to feel blasted out. But so that they hear it, so they sing along, so they hum along, so that they tap their feet. Now, what has it got to do with who did? That's me doing the kid. I can't do him. He's a lot higher pitch than I am. What has it got to do with Hulu is this. Go back and do your history. Okay? Learn about the ring shout. Learn about the ring shout. That's your that's your lesson this week. Okay? Go and learn about the ring shout. Go and learn about the gospel music. Go and learn about the songs of Africa. Go and learn about what was said and sung by people in the fields, in chains. Okay? Go and learn about the music. And when you learn about the music and you learn about the lyrics, maybe you'll see that song is a powerful component of the heart, of the spirit, of the mind. And then start using music in your magic and be open again to using that in an omenistic way. If you have the radio on while you're doing your work and a particular song comes on, a particular song keeps showing up. Pay attention. Somebody's talking to you. Don't limit the voices of spirits and the voices of your ancestors and the voices of those who you work with to just one form of communication. Who the hell ever told you that a spirit or your ancestors couldn't talk to you by what song came on the radio? So there you go. There's been part two of Radio Mancy. I hope it is of good help and use to you. And I hope that you will tune in this week to study about the ring shout, to study about the songs, the blues, and others gospel, and other songs as far back as the time of arrival during slavery from Africa. And you will see something of this and use it yourself. And I promise you, when I start seeing all of you posting up all those songs on Facebook, I'll sing along. If you'll keep singing along with me. <laughs> Up next, we're going to go into the kitchen. 
And this week, we're going to be talking about brooms. Cleanse, 
purify, and, of course, protect. Uh, You may have seen them inside your bottles of Chinese floor wash. And, as you know, Chinese floor wash is, of course, a spiritual house cleansing product. So, let's talk a little bit about broom and broom straw. Well, you can cleanse yourself with it. How? Well, broom straw tea is a cleansing bath rub. Wash downward to take off bad conditions and throw your bath water away towards the east, like always. So, in other words, you're going to make a tea out of broom straw and add that to your spiritual bath. You can also use it to protect you while you're sleeping. Did you know that? Oh, yes. Just lay down broom straws, nine broom straws under your pillow to prevent evil dreams from coming to you. Also, this is helpful if you believe or have been hag-ridden during sleep. A broom placed at the foot of the bed will keep the hag off. You can also use it to keep people out of your home. Lay a broom across your threshold, and very few folks will dare walk over it. And if they do, their minds will be affected, so that they will not harm you. If you step over a broom, well, that's bad. You should never step over a broom, because it will bring you bad luck. If you do step over one accidentally, step back over it backwards to take anything that's gotten on you off before anything bad happens to you. Also, if you want to somebody out of your house, you can sweep with a broom and sweep their feet. Okay, You sweep their feet with the broom, and that will drive them away. You should never, ever, ever sweep the feet by accident while you're sweeping of your husband, your children, your wife, etc. Because again, it'll drive them away. To keep someone from returning to your home, you, when they're visiting you, you wait until they're out of your sight and then sweep behind them with a broom. Okay? You can add to that the 37th Psalm and sleep with a Bible under your pillow until they are convinced to leave you alone. You can also just sweep after them as they leave the house. As as they're walking out of your house, you sweep out, sweep away from them. Sweep, walk behind them, walk behind their path, and sweep out that door as they go. You can also throw down salt, or I like to recommend salt and black pepper, or salt and uh, fireplace soot, or red pepper, black pepper, and salt in the direction they went, and sweep it after them with the broom cursing them by their name and saying, go away and never come back again or keep yourself away from my house. Don't you come back here. All right. You can place a broom or nine broom straws across your doorway at night and no hags or unsettled spirits will be able to cross and trouble you. A broom leaned against the door during the day bars the entrance of enemies They simply will not be able to pass through the threshold, even though doing so would be simple. All they got to do is open the door and move the broom or even knock the broom down uh, to come into it. You will often hear that much of this work should be done with a new broom, meaning you would go and buy or 
build because you have to remember in the old days, not everybody bought a broom. People made brooms, okay? But a new broom sweeps clean, as the old saying goes, and is often advised in use of the things we're talking about. When you move into a new home, you should definitely buy a new broom and sweep that house from back to front to get rid of any trouble remaining from the previous occupants, even if it's just been built, the builders themselves. And you can wash that house from back to front with Chinese wash, Chinese floor wash, which again has broom straw in it, and then with the new broom. And then also you can burn Van Van incense and camphor in, in each room to help protect it. But again, we see this again and again and again. And I will bring up to you the final point of the old African-American tradition of one being married by jumping the broom together, hand in hand. They would both jump over the broom together. Here the broom is being held up because they actually have to kind of jump it. It's not being held very high, so it's a little different than stepping over it. And they're doing it together, meaning they are separating from one state of life to a new state of life, not being married to being married. So the broom is a powerful figure in hoodoo, as are the straws of brooms. And I will say to you that a broom used to clean is good. A new broom is better even when you need some broom straws. But you can't go out and buy a new broom every time you need a few broom straws. So... Take this week to consider that old broom leaning up in the corner. Well, folks, it's been fun, and we've had a great time, but uh, i got to go talk to Johnny about some of the problems we've been having tonight. And so I, I guess this is it, man. Hope you enjoyed it, because this is the end. Ah, this is not the end. Uh, it is not even the beginning of the end. Uh, but it is perhaps the end of the beginning. I leave Fort Worth, Texas, and go to Texarkana, and jump back to Fort Worth. I'm on down to Dallas, King Kong, Kitty, coming through the territory in Kansas City, and Kansas City, St. Louis, and St. Louis, Chicago. I'm on my way to Kansas, Kansas City, so dear you that 
Oh, okay. 